Women, when they struggle with a lot of anxiety, you know, fear, nervousness, and stress, when I force them to make time for meditation, walks in nature, journaling, like slowing their systems down, they do become more and more calm, composed, intent, peaceful. And we're here with Keys to the Queendom with the beautiful Noretta Bint, who is an emotional intelligence coach. You actually support a lot of women in business. So nice to connect with you. I've admired you for such a long time in the work that you do to support women. And um, it's really nice to be here today. I think everyone's going to absolutely love this episode. We will always choose what's familiar over what's good because it feels right, even though it might not be something you want. The listeners just wanted to have that one key to their queendom, you know, that, that one key. What would that piece of advice be? I would have to say, Welcome to the Queendom. And we're here with Keys to the Queendom with the beautiful Noretta Bint, who is an emotional intelligence coach. You actually support a lot of women in business when it comes to, I guess, understanding the layers of healing, the overwhelm, the stresses, navigating all of that and building their empires. Hello, beautiful human. How are you? Oh, thank you so much for having me today. I've been so looking forward to this chat. I'm really, really well. And it's so nice to connect with you. I've admired you for such a long time in the work that you do to support women. And um, it's really nice to be here today. I think everyone's going to absolutely love this episode. And more importantly, there has been so much conversation, even in my proximity, around stress, overwhelm, being so busy and not knowing how to navigate all of the all of the things that's going on in people's lives. Yeah. Um, but I thought it'd be nice just to begin with, I guess, your story, your journey, and I mm. guess finding out all the hacks and tools you can support our listeners with all of the things you're going to teach us today. Yeah. So I am, so previous to the work that I'm doing now, online coaching with women in business and I work with couples in relationships and people with their mental health before that prior to that I owned a few women's only gyms based in Newcastle and the Hunter and that was always a passion of mine bringing women together it wasn't so much around the fitness it was more around the community so I really enjoyed watching women grow and change and overcome themselves and do hard things and build communities and create new friendships so I had La Somme for eight years. I sold it a year ago, pretty much. We're just coming on to a year and a month. And um, I think that during the pandemic, so at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I sort of went through a huge, what I look back now and call a divine storm. So I went through a relationship breakdown, um, COVID hit you know, Australia and every single business was shut down overnight. Um, I was living by myself in the middle of a lockdown and my accountant said to me, I think you're going to go bankrupt. Like yeah. there's just, you know, the overheads are too huge. So um, that was like a really pivotal moment in me sort of going, oh, my God, what is happening in the world? Like something, you know, is happening for me. And it was the first time that I really think I went from victim mentality to complete ownership. You know, having a relationship and a family and a successful business were things that were really important to me. And I thought I had been working really hard towards. And yet when I look back, I can now see that I was unwilling to look at the shadows within myself. I was unwilling to take responsibility. I was very much playing in the victim mentality, even though I was still super interested in self-development and, you know, and growth. But I think I was that was more the positive aspect 
actually looking at the way I was communicating, actually how I was feeling day to day. I remember going to Tony Robbins and hearing him speak and he talked about the emotional home and that hit me in such a huge way. I always thought, now looking back, I don't think I really realized that I was deeply depressed, sad, lonely, um, insecure, Mm -hmm. confused. And then, and I was outwardly projecting this, um, I've got all my shit together, you know, I'm happy, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really okay with where I'm at in life. But deep down, I was addicted to this, these heavy emotions. And I thought that once I got married or once I had the kids, I would feel better. And, and then that was sort of pulled away and I just had to be with myself and really work through all of that. So that was the beginning of me sort of really starting to look within and say, why, if this is something I really want and it keeps not working out, Mm -hmm. the common denominator here is me. So what's going on there? And so I went through a huge journey with the on off of the business, like working, running a business in the middle of COVID was crazy. Every single uh, restriction had a huge impact on us. And I, I had never really been an anxious kind of person, but I did become quite anxious and just fearful of like everything was out of my control. And after a few years, I started to get pretty tired of it. So I decided to make the decision to sell the business who I did. And I did sell the business and I'm really happy with how that, that, you know, I'm so grateful that I was able to sell a business that it didn't just disintegrate, you know, after so many lockdowns, like in the course of 24 months, two years, we were closed for eight months of that time. Yeah. And we still had to pay every single cent of our outgoings, our rent, our overhead. So to look back on that, it's I'm really proud of being able to walk away and hand that over. But I really enjoy the work that I do now. I get to work with people in a one-on-one setting and I sort of get to dive a little bit deeper within them rather than the surface level stuff, which I really enjoy. Uh, okay. This is where my, and, and I just want to say congratulations as well, you know, going, because we were just saying before, um, I looked on my phone, the last little Insta story I did was when I came to you and be on your podcast 2019 and I saw your gym and and it, you had an amazing community there and I could tell you were so driven and passionate, you know, in that world. And obviously when, you know, circumstances happened, like everyone went through with COVID, you know, you took that as a blessing and you changed the trajectory of your life and here you are now. And you said surface level shit and we want to go beneath. And I'm like, I really want to dive into that because I feel like a lot of my listeners are still dabbling in surface level stuff. Like, yeah, I meditate. Yeah, I do affirmations and yeah, I'm healing, but they don't really know what that means. So, you know, when you, you know, talk about the deeper layer, like what would be an example of like even your own journey Mm -hmm. that you were able to work through and why you support women do you work with men as well? Yes, I do. Yes, with I do. Men, men and women when it comes to the emotional shit. Yeah. So I think, you know, first of all, I just really want to acknowledge like how hard this work is. Like we are born onto this planet and it's a bit of a lucky dip as to what sort of family you're born into and, and you know, how your needs are met, you know, in terms of your physical, your health, educational, your emotional needs. I just want to really recognize that you know, we are sort of all flying through blind here. Like we're all doing our best and it's so normal and natural if we feel lost and confused mm-hmm. and a little bit like what's, you know, how do I figure this out? I think that is just so normal and we all feel that at some point, especially in business. You know, I think 
I held a lot of shame for such a long time that I was sort of winging it in business. Mm. And then I remember, you know, being in a networking community and a lot of business owners that I looked up to were sharing that they're sort of really confused and lost. And I remember just feeling this sense of like relief, like I'm not the only one. So I think the more that we can, everyone wants vulnerability, but we all want someone else to go first. And I think that's, I think I've built such a strong foundation within myself. I feel so confident to go first because I realize that however people respond to that is actually a project, a a mirror of how they, the relationship they have to their own emotional world. So, you know, I think the first step for me was dealing, I had really grown up, like I grew up in a family where both of my parents were hearing impaired. Mm -hmm. So, and I was the eldest. And so looking back now, I can see that, that even though my physical needs were met, my emotional needs. I, I felt a, a, a strong sense of longing, sadness, loneliness, rejection, and confusion. You know, I was growing up and really trying to figure out the world. And I also felt a lot of shame. So that's sort of where I had to begin. Now, looking back, I look at my life as in two sort of chapters. There's like the shame filled me who could not look at herself and could not accept responsibility. And then I look at the person I am now who is constantly looking within and asking myself, you know, where where's the lesson here? Where can I learn? Where can I expand? Where can I grow? Um, so I think working through the shame for me was one of the biggest indi- things I had to start with. You know, Brene Brown, the minute you said that, and yes. you're going to yes. agree with me. <laughs> Brene straight away. <laughs> when I watched her, well, I've got all her books, but I yeah. remember watching her famous TED talk on shame and how she spoke about vulnerability being brave was probably one of my biggest stepping stone and very similar to you I was stuck in a studio apartment on my own during COVID through a breakup and dabbling into this world of understanding you know being being proud of being I guess being proud of showcasing vulnerability that I wasn't doing okay, that I was going through healing. Mm. Um, And so my question for you, when it came to understanding and being open to shame, how did you use that as a power to support other women? Mm, That's a really great question. So, you know, I remember listening. I remember going to see a psychologist. I had, um, Five years ago now, I had really taken steps to try and take my life. Like I was deeply, deeply suicidal and I really just wanted my pain to end. I was really wanting to just not be here anymore. And that was, I had seen a number of psychologists leading up to that point, wasn't really getting anywhere. I reached out for help and I was recommended this psychologist at um, Katara who changed my life and she put me onto Brene Brown. I remember watching that video. I watched it three times in a row, just crying. And I think that was the first time I could start to develop a relationship with my shame and I could start to feel it and process it through the body and let it complete. So there was a lot of shame that I felt in childhood that I had not processed and had not expressed out of the body. So every time I came into contact with somebody and and they pressed on that shame a little bit, it made so much sense that I would put a wall up and I would project to try and keep myself safe. So doing the work first, i that was the biggest thing I had to work through. Like I actually need to just really understand how is it that I'm showing up? Where are the places that I'm vulnerable to projecting my shame and feeling bad? And how can I make sure that I'm doing everything I can to take care of myself so that I'm showing up as the best version of me? 
And then it moved from that to helping other people identify it within themselves. And I think the word shame is really interesting because I don't think a lot of people like to recognize that they feel shame. Mm. And yet it is the very reason we, we, we hold back. We don't hold back because we're fear of failure. Mm. We hold back because we're, fear of, we're in fear of the shame that comes with that failure. That's why we hold back. So let's get clear on that. You're not, you're not actually afraid of failure because there have been lots of things that have failed that may have worked out for you. What you're actually afraid of is feeling that shame. And then what happens, the more that you run from that feeling, the more it drives you in a way that isn't resourceful for you. Mm -hmm. So the more we start to have a relationship with it, process it, allow ourselves to feel it, understand that we can hold it and that we're not bad people, that we make mistakes and we, you know, we sometimes don't show up as our best self and we sometimes say the wrong thing and that we, when we learn to hold that, we don't need to run from it so much. And therefore, then we start to show up as the people that we really want to be because we don't fear it. You know, it's so interesting. So much of my shame, when I look at my life, and this is really fascinating, right? My parents had, you know, really terrible, like a really traumatized relationship with them. But yet there was no, no word of putting any projection onto me as to who I would be in the world when I grew up. It was just a non-issue. It was non-discussion. So in my career, it's so interesting. I've been able to show up powerfully and to not hold back because I've had no fear of shame in that space. But in, but I my wound has been that unlovable wound. Yeah. So for me, where it presses on most is in my relationships. So when you look at my life from the outside, my career has always felt so effortless, so easy and so, you know, productive I've achieved a lot but yet in my relationships I do struggle because that shame is still you know playing at the wheel so and a lot of women are the opposite a lot of women have the relationship they're they're happy and secure but going out and launching a business or growing their business you know signing that new lease or getting a coach or whatever it is that shame holds them back that fear Wayne, how often have you said, I spent my whole life studying, I've been to school my whole life, and I've actually learned nothing that teaches me the tools and strategies to build a successful business in the outside world. You've probably spent thousands of dollars on courses, or you've heard fake news from business gurus. Well, I'm here to give this incredible news to everyone here right now that this is Queen Stream University. Get out of debt and actually start making money in the online space knowing and having the foundations to build a successful business. Now I'm talking because I have gone through the trenches. I have been a fitness coach, built my online business as a pro athlete, and now I am a business coach. You'll go from having absolutely no idea what your business is through in the eight weeks, learn the foundations of knowing what your purpose is, your vision and mission, and also understanding your business values with the execution to know what that business is. You'll also learn branding, social media, content strategy, marketing, and more importantly, how to sell. With Queenstream University, it'll cut out the bullshit and remove all the fluff and get you working specifically on your business so you can execute this in eight weeks to get ready to launch. I wanted you to have something where you get to access something straight away, where you get to fast track your growth, as well as remove any doubt, any overwhelming sensation or stress, or the question that everyone seems to ask, where do I begin? With Queenstream University, you'll be able to build wealth 
freedom and at the end of the day, be an entrepreneur and be able to say, I have finally built my own thing, my own business. And I've stopped making money for someone else and I'm now making money for my own empire. Queen Stream University. Wow. I've been so many, because I'm very similar to you, my love, you know, when it comes to business and taking the leap and just going all in, that's always been like a power of mine. And I truly believe a lot of my greatest healing has come from the relationships I've been in in the past, mm. relationship with my father, my mother, still going through a lot of mm. stuff from there. But the most biggest journey of healing I've recently sort of gone through is being in a relationship with someone that actually loves me. I can, you know what, that's actually been so visible from the outside to see that. You can see that that's a healing relationship for you. It's crazy. And I mean, I'm all in and it's because I, from what I was used to and what I went through with my, my upbringing, what was a healthy relationship that I'm in now was something that I was really close to self-sabotaging because I, and you probably can relate with that too. Well, what's so interesting, right? It's so fascinating because we only attract where we where we feel worthy, right? Mm-hmm. So in the past, you probably felt your self-worth was so low that when someone popped into your world who matched that, that feels familiar to you. We will always choose what's familiar over what's good because it feels right. Even though it might not be something you want on a conscious level, on a very subconscious level, it feels natural and normal to you. And then what you're, because you haven't done, you, you hadn't healed or done the healing work, you attract something that feels familiar and it's usually the energetic blueprint of the parent that we craved love from the most. So you will attract someone that feels energetically familiar on that level mm-hmm. and then you will work hard because this is our childhood wounding, right? You will work so hard to want to change that person because what you're actually trying to do is you're trying to complete the loop. Marriage and relationships are a loop closer for childhood wounds. So what you're, we're actually doing is we're subconsciously trying to change that person because we think that if they change, then it means we're lovable. It means finally someone shows up and loves us. And actually the hard work is is detaching from those people, doing the work yourself so that you attract someone different. But what happens is so many of us fear that person. When he comes along and he's like, I'm ready, I'm open, I, I want to know you, I want to know who you are, we freak out and we then make it something about them. Oh, he's not tall enough. He's not rich enough. He's not good looking enough. He's not this enough. And that's deep down because on a very conscious level, we might know that that partner is good for us, but on a subconscious level, it feels off because we don't feel worthy. But we don't actually have the capacity to say to ourselves, hey, I'm noticing that I'm judging him because I don't feel worthy right now and I'm making this mean about him. I'm actually sitting with this ick. I'm noticing it come up. I'm noticing the repulsion. How does that feel? Wow. Someone actually tells you they're available for what you want and that brings up disgust within you. Interesting. And then when you learn to sit with that disgust, but you then start to understand this person is someone that could be a good match for me. Mm. I'm going to lean in and spend more time with him and work through those emotions as they pop up and share what's coming up for me as I do you start to vibrationally move towards that worthiness and then all of a sudden it becomes a match. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'll I'll tell you an interesting story. I'm 40 years old and 10 years ago I met this guy who 
you know, absolutely adored me, like absolutely adored me. But, and he was so available. He was so available, so ready for a relationship and marriage. And, you know, he's good looking. He has businesses, like all the things, right? And lovely and well-liked by his community, like great friends. And I was turned off by him. And he recently got married like two years ago and I went to the wedding. We've been friends ever since. And um, he's married a stunning woman. And it was weird because I looked at him in such a different way. I realised, I was like, wow, right now I look at you as such a, a man that I can now see would make such a good husband, such a great father, such a great provider. And I was really unpacking. And there was a bit of shame there for me. I was like, why did I reject that guy? Like there was a sense of loss and, you know, missing out. But then I realized I was like, I back then hadn't was not in a place where I was worthy of a love like that. And now I see him in such a different light because I've I've done so much work so I can see him differently. Isn't that beautiful though? And just going back to what you were saying before, like everything is a mirror, you know, how we project and how we see other people is only what we're feeling inside if we're willing to look within and do the work. And it just resonates so much with me. There's so many things coming up in my mind right now. <laughs> Going back to what you said, obviously you wanted to take your life a couple of times. You went and yeah. saw therapists. Was that that pinnacle moment for you to then sort of dabble into the emotional intelligence stuff um, or because therapy, I mean, again, everyone's got very different views around therapy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's something that you yeah. have experienced. Obviously this therapist changed your life when mm. you went through, you know, your trauma and your healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you do that's different to therapy work or is it the same? Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of confusion. What is an emotion, like what is emotional intelligence work? What is, yes. what is it, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. And I'm a I'm an open book about my experience with um, suicide ideation because I have really come to see that the more that we share this, the more I do this work. I've been doing this work for 18 months now and, I just see how prevalent this is everywhere. And so I actually, from the age of 20, I on and off would see psychiatrists, psychologists, counsellors, life coaches, anyone to find an answer. Like I literally was so lost. And I will say that 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 visit to the psych was actually my first and last visit to a clinical psychologist because from that point she put me onto Brene Brown and that was, I was just ready to sort of dive in and unpack this myself. But prior to that, I had um, the kind of way I approached my healing was once a month, I would turn up to my appointment, I would talk, I would leave and nothing would happen in between. Mm. And now I, you and I both have worked in the fitness industry before. If I said to you, come and work with, come and have a training session with me, I'll do a PT for you. Wait, let's try and get you fit and strong. But then you walked away and you did nothing for the next month and then you came back again. Like, that's ridiculous. So I think there are two parts to this work, in my opinion. There's insight and awareness. Mm. So it's understanding on a mind level, like why we've developed the patterns we've created, why we've adapted like we have. And this is the most important thing we have to understand. There is nothing broken with you. Yes. What the pattern, <laughs> Richard, um, Richard, Dick Schwartz has a great saying adaptive then maladaptive now Mm -hmm. so we adapted the best way we could as children and then as an adult it might be maladaptive and it's time for us to look at our patterns and start to work through them but insight and awareness and understanding why we are the way we are and I think that is so key but then it moves to integration and it moves to 
how do you show up day to day to build a relationship with yourself? Like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? So for me, I realized I had a lot of shame. So I had to work through that shame. And some of that was with in community. But for me, what has felt right for me, and everyone's so different, what has felt, I've, I, and I really encourage you to, there's a great saying I love, lean into what feels warm, the people, the places, and the experiences. For me, clinical psychology wasn't the thing that felt right for me at that time, but yet going to healing groups and meditation circles and retreats, I could feel a huge pull because I was sitting in circle with people who were just open about what was going on for them and I could start to feel less alone. That's what I needed. It's not to say that's what everyone needs, but that's what worked for me. Mm. And so it was through, and, and then I was reading books. I was reading one or two books a month, you know, just understanding all of this stuff. I started to exercise. I started to meditate. I started to journal. I started to like really do the work on a deeper level. Now that was five years ago. And then I went to Tony Robbins, but three years ago was the beginning of like, I went to one retreat hosted by Amber Hawken and that actually changed my life. I remember being on that retreat laughing, thinking how ridiculous all of this is because I was creating it all in my mind. Um, so I, I think that for me, you know, we, and I even notice it myself, right? Like mm. if I'm doing my daily practices to look after myself and I feel so good and I show up as my best self. And then when I let go of that, I revert back. It's just a pattern. And then I've worked out what works for me. I, I must meditate every day for 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. I journal every day. I I pray to a higher power. I There's too much that's happened in my life for me not to believe that there's some sort of higher power, whether it's God, the universe, you know, human design, whatever it is, something's going on. I can't deny that anymore. Yes. So I pray to that higher power. And every three or four months, I do make a point of going and sitting in circle with people yeah. and processing the emotions that have that have sort of been playing out for the last three months. Like it's sort of like a deep dive. And do you know what? That has been so useful. When I first started doing this work, this emotional healing work, it, there was so much coming up, but that was because I had repressed it for so long. And so now I've cleared a lot of that. Like mm. I went to an emotional healing event on the weekend and I barely cried. Like I just didn't have any sadness to express because now when I have sadness come up, I let it flow. I don't repress it and, you know, run away from it. So I feel like it's it's very, you know, nuanced and you have to find what works for you. But I do believe that the more we sit in circle and with other people, the quicker we do heal. And part of my work was... I work with the emotional wheel. So I've got this wheel that has every single emotion on it and we tend to develop an emotional home. So from the years zero to seven, the emotions that we felt feel most around our parents and our caregivers are the emotions that we will take on. Yeah. So both of my parents were deeply depressive, sad, lonely people. So I took that on. Gabriel Mate says what the adults suppress the child will express. Yeah. And that's exactly what was playing out for me. So my core emotional, my core emotions that I default to are sadness, mm. shame, um, rejection, loneliness, and confusion. So what do you think comes up for me every time I'm triggered? Those emotions, right? Mm. Every single day, there's an opportunity for me to hook onto anxiety, fear, um, you know, anger. I don't really hook onto those. They're not really my emotional home. But any little rejection, any little confusion, 
I, especially in relationship, I will hook on to. And so for me, I have had to really intentionally create the opposite. So what's the opposite of confusion? Clarity. What's the opposite of shame? Acceptance. What's the opposite of sadness? Hope. What's the opposite of um, loneliness? Connection. And so a lot of the work that I do, I work with a lot of people who right now are really struggling with anxiety and depression. And I'll just tell them straight away, let's let go of those two words. Anxiety is fear. And when you go back and you look at their emotional home, they grew up in a chaotic, unstable, insecure environment. So it makes so much sense that you struggle with fear. A lot. It makes so much sense that you feel so attuned to fear because as a child, you had to be. You yeah. had to be alert to fear to stay safe. Depression is a repression of sadness and loneliness and neglect. So what do we need to, to you know, so my, my honest opinion yeah. is that we need to be taking a more holistic approach to these mental health problems and we need to be recommending people you know, other options before we send them straight to the pharmaceuticals for decades on end that ruin their gut and their hormones. So that's just my personal view. I'm happy to be challenged on that. Um, the Nicole, Nicola Pera talks a lot about questioning the, the, the actual evidence and data around the benefits of antidepressants and how beneficial they are. And the, the whole argument around the chemical imbalance of the brain, I don't think they've actually got any evidence to back that up. So that's my personal view. I'm happy to be challenged on that. And I know that might trigger people. And do you know what? I'll ask you to, if this does trigger you, ask yourself why. Because if it triggers you, you might be someone who is, that is, in my opinion, a victim mindset. It is, it's so much easier to say, I've got anxiety, I've got depression, I just take the tablets. And it's hard, but that's that's just what I do. It's so much harder to work through your childhood trauma, to sit and meditate, to sit and face yourself, to journal, to like let the emotions out, to have hard conversations with people. So if you're triggered by that, just get curious about that because the only reason that we are ever triggered by something is because we fear it might be true. Otherwise, it wouldn't bother us. And I love you say that. And by the way, um, anything that does trigger you is an opportunity for you to look within. And it's something that I always have felt an opportunity when anything that triggers me that arises, I'm like, oh, there's something there for me to look in. Yeah. Everything you were just saying there, beautiful, really resonates with me, especially from the holistic approach. I love that you're not, this is the only way because I've yeah. been in mentorships and other people where they're like, this is this, but it's what works for you. But I love that you've got such a beautiful approach that it's finding and navigating, I guess, every individual that comes to you to see, you know, what happened in your past? How can we, you know, flip the switch? Um And you know what, as you were speaking, I don't know what made me change or how it all happened, but I got off sleeping tablets, anxiety tablets, depression, and I don't know what it was, but I remember my mom used to always say to me, oh, Tammy, but you have a chemical imbalance. You know, this is not good for you. It's in our family. And I just one day just decided I'm not doing it anymore. Um, And it was the same with what Dr. John Demartini said. He said, it's never a chemical imbalance. It's got something to do with people's perceptions of their values and their fantasy world that they just need to just have the right tools and I guess integrational work that's going to create the change and also the willingness to do it. Because a lot of people want to stay in the pain or because it's easy to stay there. Um, so my question to you now, beautiful girl, is when people come to you and they go, I have this, overwhelm seems to be something you were mentioning before, you know, what would be the first, I guess, 
three to five things you would start to work with them and you know what's the process what's the I guess what's the length of the roadmap here's my business mind coming yeah (laughs) I love that about you I look at what you do and and like we're both sort of doing things to support women but the way you're geared is so much more you know technical and like logical which I love that's actually a weakness of mine so it's beautiful (laughs) and um what I'll say you know the first thing I will always do is ask them like we're always playing out the same pattern over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So I would invite the first place I go is your emotional home. Tell me how, when you're triggered and when you notice yourself being triggered at work or at home or in your relationship or with your kids or with your partner or with your friends, what is it that you go to? Mm -hmm. And you'll hear people say the same thing over and over. You'll have some people go straight into anger. Mm -hmm. Some people go straight into fear. Some go into sadness some going to like disappointment and overwhelm and it's always a few of the same emotions. And then we go back into childhood and we talk about, did you feel these a lot in your childhood? Like, tell me, what was that like? Like, how did you feel when this would play out in your family, in your childhood? You know, what do you remember feeling? What did your parents feel a lot when you were around them? And then when you start to make the connections, you start to see that, oh, wow, because what happens is every single day, Thousands of things happen in your life, like so many different things where you've got an opportunity to latch on to your emotional home. And because we're addicted to that emotional home, we just hook onto it. But there are other things that we could hook onto that we don't. I'll give you a good example. So I remember the first time this work really, I was like, wow, this is really starting to click. I have a really good friend and we had gone up to the coast to foster to go for a big bushwalk and have some lunch. And we parked the car. I parked the car and we went for a big walk. And we came back and she was going to get coffee. I was getting into the car and I noticed that I'd received a parking ticket. And I was like, oh, that's random, like out in the middle of nowhere. Didn't even think I'd have to pay for parking. So I remember literally thinking to myself, oh, that's annoying. I'm not going to let that ruin my day. Put it in the, um, you know, the little um, side, you know, side of my seat and just waited for my friend. She gets in the car and my friend's emotional home is anger, frustration, annoyance, irritation, right? She sees the ticket and she's like, did you get a parking ticket? And I'm like, yeah, isn't that random? Like we're in the middle of nowhere. And she just goes off. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you got a parking ticket. We're in the middle of nowhere. Like this is a joke. Soon you're going to have to pay pay to park anywhere. Like dot, 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 dot. She just goes on and on and on. And I'm just like, wow, you are having a pretty big reaction to me getting a parking ticket. (laughs) Anyway, it gets better. So we get in, we drive off, we go and have lunch at this cafe. And I think because these things happen so close together, it's so profound. And we come out of the cafe and we happen to bump into a woman that we both know quite well. And so we both go to say hello. And this woman just looks at us both and ignores us. She just sort of looks away and pretends not to see us. And what do you think I do? Remember, my emotional home is rejection. And so I immediately go into my emotional home and I'm like, oh, my God, did you just see that? What happened? Why did she ignore us? What, what have we done? And my friend's just like, oh, she's probably having a bad day. Who cares? Interesting. And I'm there analyzing my Instagram messages between her and I. What did I do wrong? And then I really, really grasped onto like, how we hook on to things and we don't see other things. So helping people to understand what is it that you are constantly hooking on to and why? Why are you so addicted to those emotions? You are trapped in your emotional home. And so the maturity comes 
from recognizing it. Oh, wow. Okay. Here's an opportunity for me to feel that rejection again. Okay. That makes sense. Like rejection is one of the most painful things to happen to me because it reminds me of my father. So that makes so much sense that this is upsetting me right now. So learning to self-soothe, learning to validate, learning to just create safety within the body to feel that emotion. And then we start to move forward and say, okay, what are the emotions that I actually want to feel more? And how can I every day create opportunities to feel? Because you are what you repeatedly do, right? Like women, when I when they struggle with a lot of anxiety, you know, fear, nervousness, um, overwhelm and stress, I see a lot of people hooking onto stress. When I force them to make time for meditation, walks in nature, journaling, like slowing their systems down, they do become more and more calm, you know, composed, um, content, peaceful. So, you know, and and it really is, it is a great saying, there's a great um, program called Reparenting Yourself. This work is you becoming the parent to Mm. yourself that you may not have had that you needed. And it's reparenting yourself every single day. People talk about self-care going like for me, self-care means how do I talk to myself on a bad day when I'm in my shit and I'm having a really bad day? How do I talk to myself? Am I kind? Because this is the number one thing that I see everywhere. We are so kind and compassionate and gentle and forgiving and encouraging to everyone around us. And yet the way we talk to ourselves in our own mind is horrible we're so critical we're so judgmental we're so harsh so there's a reason why now I attract you know people constantly to you know because like to share their their journeys with because they know when they come to me they get empathy compassion and love and do you know why that is because I treat myself that way they would not feel like we deep down know If someone, have you ever been around a woman who was thinner than you and she was complaining about her weight? Yes. And you immediately go, oh, well, you're complaining about your weight and you're a size six and I'm a size 10. Like, oh, you must judge me too. Even though she might not say it, you deep down feel it. Yes. So this is what we have to realize is when we do this work, especially parents, the way you talk to yourself is the way your child's going to talk to themselves. I know of a lot of people that are like, no, 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 I don't get it. My parents were so loving. They were so great. But the relationship their parents had to themselves was poor. Mm. And you pick up on that because it's that same, you know, deep down, if someone's judging themselves, they deep down judge you. They're just not telling you. Whereas if someone has true compassion, empathy, kindness for themselves and is gentle on themselves, you know that they're probably going to be like that to you too. Mm. I love just the way you just... Uh, explained, especially from just your own internal dialogue and how that's attracting such beautiful people into your space, but also just also being aware when you were like, rejection, that person didn't know who I was or just completely avoided me. And I can just relate within my own journey. I'm like, there's definitely moments with the abandonment issues I used to receive from my father and how that has played out through my adult life. So it's just so beautiful to hear that beautiful girl Um, Mm. and for the listeners too. Like it's just a matter of just seeing, you know, what are the things we're doing each and every single day? Self-care gets to really create and dictate how we can also show up in the world uh, and have a better way of living. And hands down, you have taken such beautiful moments uh, when it comes to journaling, meditating and all those routines and habits that have shaped 
honestly have been a godsend for me. Like I have lived and breathed doing all those things every single day, which I'm sure you do as well. And, and I do. And it's all well and good to be able to have those proactive practices. But when we're met with those moments, so when we don't know emotional intelligence, when we don't know this work, we do one of four things to move through our pain. We either deflect through humour, we either um, dismiss, through, you know, it's not a big deal, we either minimise, well, you know, like it's, not, like it's not that big a deal because think about this that you've got going on or we project. And mm-hmm. so one of the big things, I, and project is like you going to your partner saying, you're on your phone, you're always on your phone, we never get to spend time together. When actually if you can pause and sit with that feeling and be like, oh, wow, I'm really noticing, I'm feeling a bit of fear and shame that my partner is on his phone. Okay, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm going to breathe through and I'm going to be with that emotion. I'm just going to actually process it. Then I'm going to share with him like, hey, what, so what am I needing right now? I'm actually craving connection. So then when you come to your partner, you say, hey, I'm noticing I really want to connect with you right now. I can see you're on your phone. Let me know when you're ready to hang out because I'd really love to have a cuddle and have a chat. So for me, my big wound has been projection. So when I was recently dating, because um, this is where I get my wound gets pressed on a lot, I remember having this moment of shame come up when plans we had made had fallen through. And yet I really knew that this guy adored me. Like I knew he adored me. And as we're on the phone talking, he'd broken a rib and he was like, you know what, I'm not going to come down. But I was thinking, why aren't you inviting me to come up? Like I was playing out all these stories. Yeah. And I actually created, when I could feel myself feeling that shame pop up and I wanted to project onto him, I asked for a pause. I said, do you know what, I'm just going to go have a shower and call you back. And I just took 15, 20 minutes to go and sit in the shower and cry. Like I just let the tears flow. I felt my hand on my heart and I was like, what's coming up? And I was like, there's shame. There's disappointment. There's sadness. There's loneliness. There's confusion. And I was like, soothing, soothing, soothing. This makes so much sense. When I think about how excited I was to spend that evening with him and the plans that I'd thought we'd have all weekend, it makes so much sense that I'm feeling all these feelings right now when that has not come to fruition. And so I allow myself that time to process and then I have to invite him in to see that side of me, but without making him responsible. Mm. So then I had to craft this message to say to him because I didn't feel comfortable saying it on the phone, so I just had to message him and say, hey, I'm noticing that I'm feeling a, a bit of sadness and disappointment about tonight. And what was beautiful was that was the invitation for him to call me and we had this beautiful conversation where I could share with him what was going on for me and then what was funny was he, because I I was sort of like, this is what's playing out in my head, that you don't want to spend time with me and this and that. And he was like, wow. He's like, actually, can I tell you what's really going on? He said, I broke a rib at football. I'm actually mentally having a really bad day because now I'm telling myself all these stories and I'm dating this woman who's like a powerhouse in Newcastle. So I'm feeling mentally and physically really low. And so I didn't want to see you because I didn't want you to see me in that realm, like of being like, I didn't want you to judge me. So I thought I'll just have the night to myself and then see tomorrow when I'm back up here. Mm. So you all, you know, he's over here. I'm over here. The relationship's here. And when we actually have the courage to share what's going on for ourselves, then we can see that there's a bridge that we want to meet at that is the relationship. And we start to have emotional intimacy. And then all of a sudden it just was like, but 
I could not have created that if I didn't take that time to feel what was coming up for me. That is so key, stopping and feeling and releasing. Like if there's tears, release them. If there's anger, shake it out, scream. If there's a fear, you know, whatever it is, you have to process it before you come back to that moment. Hey, beautiful kings and queens. Are you right now in a space where you're ready to take action and build your business, yet you struggle where to begin? You're feeling stuck and overwhelmed with all the things you need to do when it comes to building a business. Build the business of your dreams in the online space and be in the arena of all the incredible, great humans out there that are building seven to eight figure businesses. Now, the foundations that I truly believe in that you are going to learn through this membership is sales, marketing, content creation, social media, money mindset, and of course, branding. Now, all of this will be accessible for you to be learning what is currently hot right now in the market and how you can create your own business and build a successful business in the online space. All you have to do right now is DM Empire in my Instagram or email myself and my team and we will get the ball rolling so you can have your empire and start making moves in the online space. You were going um, in... I think when we were talking about COVID, there was a relationship breakdown. Are you ready oh. for for love now or are you in a relationship now? Like, Yes, it's so interesting because that was such a powerful lesson for me because that relationship at the time, oh, I love this story. He said to me, he kept saying to me, Nerida, I feel like I'm not good enough for you. Wow. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought that he was meaning you're too good for me. Mm. And I was so confused. I was so badly wanting it to work. I was so confused. And I remember he wanted it to work too. Mm. And I remember just we went to see a counsellor. We are trying to figure it and we just got nowhere. And I remember thinking to myself, how can this be that we both so desperately want this to work and it's just not happening? And now looking back, I can see my fear and my shame was so high so strong I could not look at my own part six months later I was with a a couple of friends who he was a bit of a ladies man before he met this woman who's a really good friend of mine and I said to him what is it about her that made you choose her like what was it and he said Nerida she's the first woman I met that I knew was too good for me that never made me feel like it and I just I just had this epiphany And all of a sudden I was transported back to all those moments that I was criticizing him, judging him, and and that I was making him feel like he wasn't good enough. Now, now I know enough to know that was a deep core wound for him anyway. And interestingly, his mother used to trigger me a lot Mm. and she was very loving to him, but she was very critical towards her husband. Interesting. So all these, I just started to go, wow. I could not look at my own side of the street because I was so scared and so ashamed. I needed that time. And so now I've really come a long way. And now, yes, I am really ready for love. I am single. And it's definitely something I want to call in with someone who, like you, like a con- like someone who is ready to grow and look at our shadows and constantly be o- work- doing the work to overcome the blocks to love that we have. So yeah, I just love that story because when I coach couples, yeah. the first thing they do is say that their partner isn't willing. Mm. And when I look at that and I'm transported back to me and I'm like, wow, that was me. At 
from the outside looking in, I wasn't willing, but deep down I was terrified. I was just trying to stay safe. So what we're always seeking is safety. And mm-hmm. depending on how the relationship we have to our fear and our shame and how willing we are to look at that part of ourselves will determine the amount of emotional safety you have within yourself that you then have with others. So now I have a pretty good healthy amount of that. I'm really open to hearing how I've hurt, upset, angered, disappointed the people in my life because I want to know those things so I can love them better. If they don't necessarily make me feel like I'm a bad person anymore because I've had to work so hard to develop that relationship within myself that I am worthy, I'm a good person and you know, I've done lots of things that I'm ashamed of. I've made lots of mistakes, but I'm constantly trying my best. And we are all worthy because we are, just because we exist. I have a very funny feeling you're going to be finding love very soon. (laughs) And you know what, babe, like just hearing how open and vulnerable and going through all the things that you've gone through it just resonates so much with myself and I know listeners will be hearing this too where they can probably go wow I remember where I was a little bit projective in this relationship and I'm just thinking too in my head I'm like oh I remember why I responded in that old relationship but it's just again like everything is a lesson and everything is happening for us yeah I really want to ask this beautiful question because I find you know, the, the, this podcast is really to support women and men to, you know, build their empire, but that's not just for business, yeah. but also within themselves and their relationship and their personal life. So, you know, if you were, you know, to share these five big things that you have really learned over the years with personal and with your business and anyone that was to, I guess, come to you and go, I'm a blank canvas, this is my wound, this is my shame, you know, what would you tell them? What would be the five things that you know would help them set their journey on building their empire, building the business, embracing vulnerability as well as working on themselves? Yeah. The first thing I would invite them to do, like, is first of all, understand their emotional home. Like what emotions are you living really every day and get really honest about that? Mm -hmm. The next thing I would go to is what are your deep rooted limiting beliefs that you're telling yourself? Like, What are the fears? What are the things that are popping up that you're telling yourself, you know, can't be possible and how can we change those things? Um, What are the people that you need around you? Like I'm a huge advocate. My life, weirdly, I was so lucky that when COVID happened, I happened happened to just invest in my first coach Mm. and she helped me in such big ways throughout that year. Like she helped me to overcome my shame and and those parts of myself so I could have these conversations with people I could start to look within all those sorts of things so I'm a big believer you are the average of the people you spend the most time with so if you don't have people in your circle that you are you know hitting goals like you want to achieve you've got to pay to get yourself around those sorts of people so if that's networking if it's a coach if it's community whatever it is um the next thing I would say is to really Oh, the number one thing is to develop a better relate a, a a loving relationship with yourself. Like mm-hmm. communicate, talk to, reflect, you know, with yourself. Like talk to yourself like someone you love. I think that is so, you know, indicative of yeah, of, of success in my eyes, like how much you like who you are. Um, you know, because I think at the end of the day, when we're dead and gone, like no one talks about 
you know, what you built and what you owned and what house you lived in and what car you drove and how much money you had in the bank. We talk about who this person was. Yeah. We talk, we talk about how they, like the number one thing I hear from people is Nerida, you're so kind and loving and supportive and understanding and compassionate. It's holding space for people when they're in their ugliest moments. And that's because I've been able to do that for myself. So I think really create that for yourself and start to understand that life is so magical when we start to open to all the possibilities and and when you start to really do this work it's just crazy how synchronicities and and life will give you like and this is why it's so important to lean in and listen to what feels right for you because yes there's some reason I went on that retreat and not other retreats there is some reason why you did that online course like to learn about helping women scale their businesses because that's your design like that's what you we are all here for a reason to help and contribute in some way and I find it so fascinating because some people do it through coaching. Some people do it through building people's dream homes. Yeah. Some people do it through delivering their children. Some people do it through, you know, like teaching yoga and holding a space for people that they don't have at home. Like some people are school teachers and, you know, helping children to come and, and not feel so afraid. Yeah. So we're all helping the helping the world in our own little way. And there's a unique reason why you're, you some things jump out at you and some don't jump out at me. I find it so interesting when I, I love podcasts and books and in my book club, right? Like we will talk about a book. I will, we will all read the same book. And I find it so interesting that some people will hear like repeat things in the book that I don't even remember. And I'm like, well, this stood out for me. Like there's a reason why the things that are jumping out at you are, and that's because it's your, your purpose, your life and your path. So lean into that. Like now, when I think back to that three years ago, when I had that huge divine storm, because I had been there before, I knew I was as much pain as I was in, I knew that something was happening for me. Mm. And now, gosh, I'm so much more fulfilled in this role than I was running the gyms. Like, and don't get me wrong, I loved that. And I needed that to get here. So, and, and now, like I've always been someone who wanted deep love, but geez, when I think about who I was three years ago, I was incapable of that. So I can now see that God has been guiding me in pain because there's a great saying, we do the work for one of two reasons. We either learn enough that we want to or we go through enough pain that we have to. Mm. And it's always the pain. It's always through why is this not working? I, I've got to go and figure this out. And so now I see that like, yes, I will make a much healthier mother and partner because I've done so much of this work. I couldn't have been this woman three years ago. I have two more questions, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is just, again, so relevant for anyone listening because I always think it's important to share what you're currently working on within yourself to see where you're at now so other women may also feel safe enough to go, okay, I'm not in this alone. What are the things right now that maybe you're going through as a healing journey or even just from a business perspective or personal life? What's the yeah. thing that's come up for you a lot lately? Yeah, for me, consistency has been something I'm really focusing on. So I can now see that even though I've achieved a fair amount of success and growth and, and happiness, my effort has been um, dependent on my mood. So when something happens, I react and I do the work. So mm -hmm. I'm trying now to be more consistent regardless of how I feel. So really showing up for myself every day because what's so interesting, right, I'll share this with you, in my relationships 
what I've been attracting is emotionally intelligent men, but not men that can show up for me. And then when I look back at my life, it's so interesting because I've got the emotional intelligence down pat, but I'm not really showing up for myself, not consistently. Wow. And so that became very obvious to me in the last relationship I was with. And I was like, right, life is a mirror. So where am I not showing up for myself? And I realized I was like, wow, you're not being consistent. You're not showing up consistently. So that's something I'm really working on, just consistency with my health, the things that make me feel good, my, um, you know, prayer and meditation, my journaling, my meditation, sorry, I said meditation, you know, just those simple things, like I'm showing up consistently. And the next thing I would say is honestly, having a, a, a more, a, a, having more and more consistent conversations with a higher power and yes. more openly inviting in what I want. So we create what we think about every day. And do you know what's so interesting? Every day I wake up and I'm alone in my bed. So what do you think the first thing is that I think? Oh, here I am alone in my bed. Oh, I'm never going to find someone. I'm never going to have a family, da, 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 da. Now, when I started La Somme and when I started this business, I never once thought to myself, oh, I'm never going to be a coach. It's going to be so hard. People won't buy from me. I couldn't wait. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be a coach. I can't wait to do this. Oh, these are the things I'm going to do. This is so cool. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. My thought process was so positively geared, so it just happened. Mm. So for me, really working on why am I so addicted to constantly reaffirming in my life how single I am and how I'm always going to be single actually inviting in and saying to God you know I'm ready I'm I trust you and I know that you are putting me on my path and if it's not happening yet it's because I'm not ready and I'm choosing to see love and the masculine in such a positive way every day so you know I went to the U.S. recently and I couldn't believe it I was in Bozeman this beautiful country town they would have loved you over there, by the I way. They did. They did. They were like, are you Australian? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Everywhere I went, men would open the door, men would tip their hat to me, men would pick up my groceries, and I was like, wow, look at the way that the universe is showing me that there are men out there that want to provide, protect, lead, and support me. Mm. You know, you know, everywhere in the world, like the men in my life, you know, I used to focus so much on how I was alone and how there weren't like how I was never going to find my person. Mm. And yet when I really sat back and looked at it, I was like, look at all of the amazing men that are in beautiful relationships that I really admire and respect that love me. Like that should be a huge indication that there is abundance of those men. So why am I not focusing on that? You know, I refuse to engage in this dialogue around toxic masculinity and you know men being controlling and stuff like that because deep down I think we're all wounded and we're all doing our best I work with a lot of men right now who are doing so much work to heal their wounds and I just have so much respect for that yeah so changing my the way I view that that part of my life to be more supportive to the to what I want to see manifest because you and I both know that you've got to feel it to then see it so I'm really noticing how I'm hooking onto that loneliness. So detaching from that, reinforcing that love is still possible for me, family is still possible, and I can't wait. I know it's coming. And it's not up to me to figure out how or when. I just have to let go and keep doing my work every day to become, you know, a woman who 
Like when I think about the kind of woman that I want to be in that relationship, who is she? She's someone who can communicate. Mm. She's someone who can share how she feels. She's someone who wants to know the inner world of the person she's with. She's someone who wants to be in a partnership that feels incredible and sustaining and connecting. She's someone that wants to feel safe and rest in love. Yeah. But, you know, every even lately I've been going on dates and I, I'm still not there yet. I still go into my head. And there's a great quote. We go into our head and analyse the situation because we're avoiding the pain that's in our heart. Mm. So when I drop in and I sit on that date and a guy is like bringing up something in me, sitting with it and asking myself, what is coming up for you right now? Be with that because the more I'm okay with it, the more I open my arms and accept all men because I, you know, the way we interact with something we want shouldn't be dependent on how it looks. You know, like the man that comes to deliver my Uber order, I should be just as grateful and receiving of his support as I am the guy that takes me on a date that in my head is too short for me or whatever. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, saying that I'll accept it from you but not from you, then I don't really want it. Yes. So changing my relationship with the masculine has been such a huge thing for me. You'll have to let me know. I will. I definitely will, honey. <laughs> and it's just the consistency piece, which is so beautiful that you keep saying that. It is. Yeah. It really, really is. And that needle will move. And I, I just had this feeling. I can just see it. End of the end of the year, you're going to come to me and go, I found the one, Tim. Oh, <laughs> so. um, my beautiful girl, we always f- finish the um, – the episode with this question, but you've been giving so many amazing golden nuggets. But if they, if the listeners just wanted to have that one key to their queendom, you know that that one key, what would that piece of advice be? Mm, I love that question so much. I would have to say the key is within. You know the relationship you have with yourself and how you view yourself on a good day on a bad day and how do you view yourself when the whole world's against you Mm. how do you carry yourself like that the way you speak to yourself will be reflected and will verberate out in everything that you do every every person you see every you know word you write every word you speak every interaction that you have that when that changes and starts to move up to a higher level then every dream you have will manifest. Trust that. But it starts with developing that relationship with yourself and really, really learning. And I know everyone says it, love yourself. But I mean really cultivate every day that beautiful relationship with self. Couldn't have said it better myself. That (laughs) is a key there, my darling. Thank you so, so much for being here. Where can everyone find you, get a hold of you, what's the latest program you're doing so that everyone can can know. Thank you. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Um, you, my name is Nerida Bint, N-E-R-I-D-A-B-I-N-T, and I mostly hang out on Instagram. So send me a DM. I, in my bio, I do offer a free um, uh, discovery call. So jump on a call. I offer a six-month mentorship to help women and it's fortnightly calls, heaps of support in between. So, yes, if you're looking to do some more emotional work, please reach out to me. And um, and if you like the podcast, share it out and tag me, please. I'd love to hear. You have to share this, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for being Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to acknowledge you 
for, you know, reparenting yourself and all the work you've done because you are somebody that so many people I know need and you're just creating, you are creating such a ripple effect far beyond anything you would even recognize. Not only are you helping the women, but you are onwardly helping the people in their families, supporting them as well. So I really acknowledge you for doing the hard work to look at yourself and shining as you are. You're just such an inspiration. Oh, thank you so much. You're going to make me cry, honey. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise, babe, I think what we said before, you know, helping good people when you see good in others, it mm. just creates this beautiful energetic exchange that the universe just one sees and will have your back because you're such a good person and you just contribute to the world. So mm. it's been an absolute honor and thank you so, so much for your beautiful words and everyone else listening. I hope you've enjoyed this beautiful episode with keys to the queendom. I'm your host Tamara Maya. Thank you so much narrator for being here today. Thank you for having me.